Welcome to Build, Grow, and Enjoy. It is the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar with you today. We've got a great guest with us today. Izzy Presley is uh, joining us. And uh, we've got, we're going to have an interesting conversation today. Um, Izzy, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Um, I'm great. I'm still wiping out the eye cheese out here in uh, sunny old California. It's a little bit early for me, but uh, I'm alive. I'm breathing. How about yourself? Good, actually. Now, uh, tell us a little bit on your background. You've got a pretty amazing background, my friend. Uh, you grew up in Minnesota. Tell us all about yep. uh, your background here and your history. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was born and raised in St. Cloud, Minnesota, and um, I was bartending there for a while, and I ended up as um, writing for this magazine called RX Magazine, and just started out, you know, like covering shows and just writing about music, and that's how the name Izzy Presley came about because Tommy Elwell didn't have a very rock and roll name to it. You know, I'm like, if I'm going to write about rock music, I might as well have something kind of cool. So I took Izzy because Izzy Stratton played on the greatest album of all time, Bar None, Appetite for Destruction, and Presley, of course, because Elvis is king, and that's kind of how that all started. And, you know, I was, I was doing that with the magazine, and then all of a sudden I started covering sports for him, and... Um, I was covering the you know the Wild, the Vikings, the Twins, the Timberwolves, you know press box credentialed whole nine yards. I was in with the whole press people. It was it was pretty cool. So I was doing that, and I fell into the radio gig with Rockin' One Hundred One, where I started the show called Under the Covers, and that was basically your favorite bands honoring their favorite bands one hour every week, and I, they took me on as a sales guy, and. One day, the afternoon DJ just kind of walked out. It's like, um, who's gonna, you know, who, who's gonna do the afternoon shift? He's like, oh, I guess you're on. And then <laughs> I never, I, I just, I, I never gave it up until I left. We've got uh, Izzy Presley with us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Um, you're the sports and music director for RX Magazine. Tell us about the the time there at RX Magazine. Oh, that was a blast! It was RX Magazine and uh, the Weekly Buzz newspaper. It was two magazines. Um, the, the weekly buzz was a weekly thing. And then RX was uh, a monthly, um, entertainment magazine. And, you know, the sports part of it, that, that was really my, my favorite part of it. I, I did that for about, wrote about sports for about five years. And I tell you what, you know, being in the locker rooms and, you know, having the, having the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it, like covering the Twins games, you know, you get down there early and you're on the field during batting practice. And one week, I know one year I missed, like, I think one home game. You know, I covered that many games. And, you know, you get a camaraderie with the players. They know who you are. And it, it, it's really a fun, fun deal. I, I, I miss it. I really do. I, I would love to be out here covering hockey right now. But it's there's so many sports outlets out here it's so hard to get in you know if you don't have an in so but yeah i, I really missed it i really enjoyed that now uh how did how did you get hooked up with them what was the uh what was the you know, process of getting um, in with them when i was when i was bartending uh one of their sales guys came into the bar all the time and he's like you want to write about music stuff i'm like yeah and that's kind of how it all started Wow. So, uh, what was what was the, some of the more interesting highlights of being there? Um, Guar. My first interview was <laughs> Guar, which was awesome. Um, God, so many cool things came about because 
so many shows that I covered. I mean, oh, I, I, I'm just trying to. Andrew Dice Clay, I got to interview. Um, uh, Buck Cherry, uh, Eddie Trunk. Uh, that's how I became friends with Eddie Trunk. Actually, is when I started when I did that first interview with him. And man, and all the sports people, obviously. I mean, my first, I think my first big sports interview was Mark Parrish. I mean, I became friends with Joe Mauer, and well, not friends, but. He knows who I am. I tell girls that I know Joe Mauer. It didn't work at all. But um, <laughs> it was worth a shot, right? <laughs> but, yeah, dude, there's so many. I, I, I just can't even think of them off the top of my head. Kevin Smith, uh, you know, Jane Silent Bob guy. Um, that, that's another one, too. So many, so many good ones. Izzy Presley with us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. If you want to get more information, check out... Uh, Izzy Presley online. Where was the best spot to get a hold of you, my friend? Oh, man, there's so many. Um, Twitter, Izzy underscore Presley. Of course, my regular Facebook, which is Izzy Presley. My website is IzzyPresleyProductions.com. Um, like, if you want, for the for the podcast, uh, it's Facebook.com slash another effing podcast. And uh, those are really the best places to find me. Izzy Presley with us today here on the broadcast. He was Afternoon Drive host for Rockin' 101. We talked a little bit about that earlier. Um, tell me about Under the Covers. What, what, what exactly was Under the Covers? Under the Covers, um, that was my. That was how I got into radio. Um, I stopped in and talked to the GM at Rockin' 101. I'm like, hey, I got this. I had a couple ideas for shows before that. They just kind of didn't come through. And then this one, I'm like, dude, cover songs. Hour a week. And... He's like, well, what are you going to call it? I go, Under the Covers with Izzy Presley. He's like, dude, that writes itself. Write me up a list. And I made, all the, made the list, and boom, there it was. I, I was on the air. And I, it was it's great because it was, you know, it was a rock station. It was my show. So I didn't have a program director telling me exactly you know, what to play. It's like, this is what I'm going to play. This is what goes together well. And this is what I want to play. I'm not, there was always a nickelback free zone. Never played Nickelback on that show once, and I'm damn proud of that. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd go from Metallica to Johnny Cash. You know, it, it was cool. It, it was fun, and I'm still doing it to this day, uh, you know, just online right now. with uh, You can get it on Spreaker. If you go to Spreaker.com slash users slash Izzy Presley, you can find that and my, also my, uh, my podcast. So I, I do that weekly still to this day, and I, I love it. It's my baby. Now, you were a celebrity host for the Monsters of Rock cruise yeah. in 2014. Tell me about this experience. Yeah. Oh, man, that was a blast. We got involved with the Monsters of Rock cruise people um, when I was at the radio station, Rockin' 101. The, when the first cruise came around in 19, or not 19, uh, 2012, um, we got involved with them and gave away a cabin. And we were the first station in the country to do anything with them, so they brought us on too they just you know wanted us represented so they gave us cabins and you know another cabin to give away so we we were on there the first two years and then when i moved out here to california um i i had had this idea about like doing karaoke on the boat and like a kiss jam and i talked to larry moran the the guy that runs that whole thing great guy and i'm like well you do realize i'm not gonna be with the radio station anymore and he's like really you're coming out here that soon i'm like yeah because he he's based out here in la also and he's like all right i guess i'll just hire you on i'm like okay and then all of a sudden boom i was listed as a celebrity host and (laughs) i geeked out about that a little bit so so yeah we hosted the karaoke myself and my good friend brian ott 
um, from St. Cloud, Minnesota. He's a he's a musician, a country musician, and he also does the karaoke stuff, you know, locally in Sa- around St. Cloud area. And I brought him along with me, and so we did gong show karaoke, which was great. Um, we had uh, who are our judges were. Um, uh, two of the guys from Firehouse, the singer and the bass player, and their names are escaping me right now because I'm an idiot. Um, Michael Grant from LA Guns, um, Ace Von Johnson from Faster Pussycat, Chips Enough was one of the judges for one of the one of them, and yeah, it was just a blast. And we had this thing; it was called Gong Song of the Night, and we, you know, because it was a Monsters of Rock cruise, and that's you know, hard rock, eighties, eighties and nineties hard rock stuff. So this girl came up and. Right as right as journey started, I gonged her, and I felt really bad because when we had the fi- after the finals, it was like kind of open karaoke. She came up and she was actually really good, but what can you say? <laughs> now, um, Izzy, tell us a little bit more about this uh, this moving to L.A. Why did you end up in L.A.? Because I hate winter more than anything in the whole wide world, and every year. I just couldn't take it. It got worse for me every, every year. And I'm like, you know what? I, I came out here. I was originally going to move to Florida and I actually did for a couple months, a few years back. And I just kind of got months and then had to come home. But I visited here in the winter of 2012. Um, and I just fell in love with Hollywood. I fell in love with Los Angeles. It's like, I, I need to be here. And I just I started saving. I, I started working a second job, other other than the radio station, and packed as much stuff as I could in my car and took off. And I tell you what, man, it's the greatest thing I ever did. I love it out here. It's, it's heaven out here. Now, uh, why, why do you why do you love LA so much? Well, you got the scenery out here is amazing. It's like you've got palm trees. You know, you, you go to the beach anytime you want. You got the mountains. I mean, it, it's just so much different you know scenery out here it's just beautiful and then of course you know some the top one percent of every culture comes here i'm talking of course female looking wise so the hottest girls in the world live here um the food options are amazing because you've got every ethnicity you can think of and it's authentic it's not like you know mexican and saint cloud minnesota that's not real Mexican food. I can get real Mexican food out here. It's just, and all cultures, actually. I mean, any culture you can think of, you can find authentic food out here. And I'm a food geek, so I love it. Um, I knew about the traffic coming in. I can't complain about it. It's like moving up to Saint, you know, moving up to Minnesota from here and complaining about the snow. You know about it going in. So I have no, <laughs> I, I'm not allowed to complain about the traffic. It sucks at times, but what can you do? And I'm only four and a half hours from Vegas. Wow, good stuff, man. Yeah, now, man. Um, now, now, tell us about this. The, these the the first podcast here. Tell us a little bit about uh, another effing podcast. Tell me about another this. effing podcast. I had the idea before I moved out here, and uh, I knew I was going to wait until I got out here to do it. And the reason it's called Another Effing Podcast is because everybody and their grandma has a podcast. Yep. So I'm like, well, it's just another effing podcast, I guess. And it's like, boom, another thing just kind of rang off of it. And, you know, I, I usually tend to stick to the music topics um, for the first first few months. My roommate... Um, he plays with the Richie Ramone band, so and 
he's a he's got the gift of gab and he knows music very well so he's been on here quite a few times but being out here in la it, it just opens up the possibilities for people for in in studio guests like i had bobby brown from uh the cherry pie cherry pie video um, wow yeah yeah in my bedroom <laughs> in my bedroom and that was the first thing i said when i got on the you know we started recording I'm like okay bobby before we go any further i just need to say this all the d-bags that i was that i went to high school with that made fun of me every day bobby brown's in my bedroom right now so screw you so i mean it was that and, like i had remember billy vera yes yes. yeah i had i had billy vera on and that was an amazing interview uh dude He's got a 40-plus year history in the music industry. Check his stuff out. I mean, he's more than just at this moment. That, that dude is like one of the, the old-school blue-eyed soul guys. Check him out. Uh, like, you know, Ace for Faster Pussycat. I'm friends with all these people now, and they're happy to come and do my show. It's great. I love it. I just absolutely love it. Next week, I have Big John. Uh, from, he, was on, he was Brett Michaels' bodyguard on... Uh, yep. Uh, uh, what was his reality show? Yeah, he was looking was, for abroad. It what was was it the bus one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, something of rock. Um, I I don't remember. I know what you're yeah, talking. You know about. exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, he's got a great story to tell, and I can't wait to hear that. And you know, it's just fun. It's just a way to do it uncensored. It's it's a way to do it exactly what i want to do i like you know that's the beauty about podcasts and i'm sure it's a beauty about what you do too you don't have a program director looking over your shoulder every five seconds saying you can say this you can't say this this is what you're going to talk about and that's it and that's what i love about the podcast format you know it say well it's it takes a guy like me who's a former radio guy who had a problem with radio functions and as much as i loved being in radio i mean there's things about radio that i hated and being able to do it myself the way that I want it. Granted, I don't have the listenership that I would have on terrestrial radio yet. But being able the way I want to do it, man, that, that's just what it's all about. I think you can understand that. Now, uh, Izzy, tell us a little bit more about uh, what, what, what you're doing with the podcast. I, I, I know you mentioned some of the guests, but uh, yeah. where, where, where can we find this? And um, Tell me a little about some of the it. feedback you've gotten on it. Oh, people seem to love the show. Um, you can find it on iTunes. Just Google or just go into iTunes and put in Izzy Presley and you'll find me. And, um, you, you know, so you can download it there. Just go and subscribe and click those five stars and tell me how much you love it. That's that's fine with me. <laughs> um, Spreaker also, Spreaker.com slash users slash Izzy Presley. You can find it there uh, The you know on, on Facebook, Facebook.com slash another FM podcast. And you know, you know, like I said, it, weekly I've I've got a good friend that um, I, I grew up with, and he's uh, unfortunately stuck in the middle of Wisconsin now, and stuck in the middle of Packer country. So I get him on every week, and we talk about fantasy football because he kind of knows what he's talking about in fantasy football. He's, he's in like nine leagues every year, and we get a weekly uh, Packer fan report, which is usually pretty funny, you know, out of him. And you know, we do that, and I do guests, and you know. Every once in a while, I'll throw a tune in if it's a if it's a musical guest, and that's really where I go with it. It's just it's just fun. It's it's unfiltered. It's people talking about what they want to talk about. You know. 
That's really cool. We've got uh, Izzy Presley with us today here on the program. He joins us live talking about himself, also talking about these podcasts. Now, you also do some PR things on the side. Tell me a little bit yeah. about your PR business. Yeah, you know, I, I fell into that when I was actually doing the magazine. And I had, that was actually when I moved to Florida. And I had started, started talking to Adam, who you had on last week, uh, Adam Muskowitz. And it was about the Elvis movie. And I'm like, dude, I can try to get you some interviews. And he's like, yeah, man, do whichever you want to do. And that, that's kind of how it all started. And, you know, dealing with publicists, I'm like, I can do this. So I just started doing it. And I, I just got, I rounded up a group of people that I knew back home. And boom, that's just really how it started, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, quite, quite enthralling, eh? Now, uh, putting putting some of these folks together and putting some of these different things out there, um, where where do you see the PR end of it going? You know, I I don't dabble in it that much. You know, if I had, um, you know, if I had somebody come up to me and say, "Hey, here, I'll give you ten thousand dollars to do my PR for a year," I'm I'm not going to say no. You know, I mean, I, I'll still dabble in it if the right opportunity comes around. You know, if you know, like it's say, if Faster Pussy guy comes to me and hey, we got a new record coming out, you know, give me a thousand bucks to do PR for two months. I'm not going to say no, but I, I'm not really out pursuing it that much. I, it, there's you got to remember out here in Los Angeles, in, in Hollywood, Beverly Hills. There's there's like nine thousand PR firms. Everybody does PR, you know. And I, I did. I knew there would be a lot of people out here doing it. I didn't realize there'd be that many. And it's like, eh. There's other ways I can spend my time, you know. I, I was just, I was an extra in this in this pilot, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I, I would rather spend my time doing that and, you know, making a name for myself and uh, building the Izzy Presley Empire. That's awesome. Tell us about this uh, this pilot you were involved in. You know, it was called, here, I'm, I'm, I can't think of the name of it. It's a, it's a friend of mine. She works for Miramax. Um from St. Cloud, Minnesota, go figure. And we actually just we actually just got hooked up for this through a mutual friend. And it was called Hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't remember what it was called. I'll, I'll find it in a second here. Come on. Come on. Almost <laughs> there. Almost there. Good up. No, no, not, not it wasn't Fargo, but it started it ended with Argo. Okay, I went back too far, of course. Um, basically, what I was playing, my role was creepy guy drinking beer, looking like a hard ass, oogling hot woman singing. That was pretty much my role. And in the other scene, I was creepy guy sitting at a bar drinking beer, giving evil eye, which I did very well. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, uh, before before we let you go, how do we connect with you online? How do we get a hold of all the stuff that you're involved in? Um, you know, IzzyPresleyProductions.com is the main hub. Um, you can find uh, the podcast there. You can find uh, the Three Sides of the Coin podcast there. That's a KISS podcast that I do some PR for. Some good friends of mine. I'm going to try to get Michael on here for you, you know, in a couple weeks. That's cool. um, 
Facebook, I'm a friend whore. Go ahead and add me, Izzy Presley. Uh, Twitter, Izzy underscore Presley. And, of course, on the uh, for the podcast, it is facebook.com slash another effing podcast, which you can also find on Spreaker. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think Cargo is the name of the film. Okay. Cargo. I found it. <laughs> I knew I'd find it. Um, then, you know, yeah, so Spreaker, you find the podcast, and also the Under the Covers. Under the Covers is also on um, also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Under the Covers Radio. And then I'm also part of another podcast that I do with the Three Sides of the Coin guys called Dropping the Needle, and that's another music-based one, which is a lot of fun. So that's the best way to find me. Or you can just email me, Izzy, at IzzyPresleyProductions.com. Good stuff. Well, Izzy, thanks for being with us today. Really enjoyed the conversation, my man. Hey, man, it, it was an honor. Thank you for having me. I, I, I've been waiting to do some stuff yeah. like this for a while, so it was, a, it, was a, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you well, so good much. good stuff. Well, we'll keep in touch, my friend, and uh, we'll Absolutely. talk soon. Appreciate it, man. Look forward to it. Definitely. Have a good day, man. Appreciate it. We're going to take a, a timeout and uh, see you next week here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. .com. I'm Darren Marlar. Welcome back to the program, coast to coast and border to border on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, and of course, the Starcom Radio Network, 20 plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world, AMFM247.com as well. The saints come marching in, the power of faith and the reality of evil, and uh, we've got Zachary Bartels with us today. He's the author of the new smash hit, Playing Saint, and... uh, Let's talk about this book. It's a fantastic read. Uh, tell us a little bit about the book, Zachary. Well, the book is about a, uh, a pastor uh, who's kind of on the verge of arriving at megastardom as being a kind of televangelist and, and best-selling author of self-helpy kind of religious books. And then uh, his life kind of collides with uh, a, a lot of things he's not used to, and he winds up wrapped up in murder investigations and the occult and... Uh, conspiracy theories and all sorts of things like that uh and and uh there's a kind of supernatural element to it as well and and uh, a lot of stuff about demon possession and that sort of thing so why did you decide to write this book what was the inspiration well, it's mostly an autobiography sir oh really that's yeah, awesome no. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i love it what was uh, the no, I, what was the inspiration but behind this cuz cuz this 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 is a really 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 cool book really well written book well thank you um the the inspiration i guess it was just kind of uh it started with just writing about uh, the sort of tensions of being a a clergyman i'm i'm a minister uh and and kind of the the tension between wanting to to do things faithfully and wanting to do things so that the world would think that I was doing a good job, and I look successful, kind of by the world's metrics. Um, and and I've I've been a writer for for years and years, and kind of the the more exciting way to frame that that uh, particular, uh, I guess, divide, self divide, kind of that that conflict was in in the uh, supernatural thriller genre, rather than just a, a the one we want to read about my day to day life. <laughs> If you want to get more information, ZacharyBartels.com is the official website. 
if you want to uh, check that out. Also, the book is available on Amazon as well. Now, um, with with this book, you, you've you've done some uh, some pretty cool things here. Kind of educate us on uh, your writing process for this great book. Oh well, I I am uh, writers will often talk about how you're either a plotter where you plot everything out, or a pantser where you write a seat of your pants. And I plot everything out, uh, and I'm and I'm kind of OCD about my writing process. You know, I, I I write everything down as as ideas come to me, and then I put them on giant foam boards and move them all around until every piece is exactly where it's supposed to be. And then uh, I got uh, uh, the same bench that I sit down uh, downtown and, and write on this. 1990s uh, word processor uh, that I that I got on eBay for ten dollars. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Now, um, tell us a little bit about your 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 writing. Well, do you have any uh, quirky writing habits or anything of that nature? Well, you know, I, I do need to light up a cigar before I can really get writing, um, and uh, I, I like to uh, kind of pick out. I've got another book coming out uh, with Harper Collins. Uh, in June, and I, I've written one before playing Saint, and I, I tend to like to pick a song or two that really kind of evoke the mood of what I'm writing, and, and then I listen to that to kind of get in the right headspace. Um, I guess, yeah, so so a whole bunch of quirky things. <laughs> We've got Zachary Bartels with us today, author of the new smash hit, Playing Saint, and he's joining us today here on the program. Um, where, where, where do you get your information or ideas for, for the book? Where where what was some of the research and things that you did for the book? Well, the the convenient thing about writing, uh, you know, a supernatural thriller when you've got a Master's of Divinity is most of it you can just kind of draw on your seminary training um, and and uh, kind of spin off from things that I find in the scriptures themselves and and uh, things that I've learned over the years and kind of spin off what if scenarios. Um, so you know, I've, I've I've got a degree in world religion, so that kind of gave me the foundation for. Uh, some of the, the Vatican operatives that are in the book, and then I just kind of made up a sect that uh, I call the Jesuits Militant, uh, a sect of kind of secret agent uh, uh, Vatican assassin-type people, and, and filled that in with my own imagination. So uh, I didn't conveniently have to do a whole lot of uh, uh, specific research for this book. There's not a lot, of, uh, a lot of research, which makes, I'm sure, the writing go even faster. Um, Zachary Bartels with us today here on the program. Uh, with when when the book came out, I know you probably gave some advanced copies to some to some peers and some folks. Um, what was some of the early reviews on the book? Oh, I, I was incredibly ecstatic with uh, the, all the early reception. Uh, you know, everybody in the Christian book market wants to get a good uh, RT's uh, book review, and we got four and a half stars. Uh, the the uh, the early stuff was really good, and, and I got some big names uh, going out with some some endorsements and blurbs. Uh, Stephen James, who's who's kind of one of the leaders in in this particular subgenre, and Colleen Coble. Uh, so yeah, it's been very encouraging and exciting. We've got Zachary Bartels with us today here on the broadcast. What's next for you as an author? And uh, I know fans can reach out to you on Twitter and uh, also on the website. But what what's next for you, my friend? Well, I've got a book coming out in June called The Last Con, which is about a con man who uh, kind of tries to reform and, and, and uh, get back on the straight and narrow and gets uh, forced back into a life of crime and intrigue. And, and uh, you get a lot of the same kind of supernatural thriller elements in, in that one. 
And, uh, yeah, I'm working on a nonfiction book about uh, consumerism in, in the Christian church, and, and that, that's uh, something I'm kind of excited about as well. So uh, beyond that, who knows? God knows. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's going to be a, a good time for you because you, you've got this incredible book here. And uh, definitely keep us updated on your work. This has been a, a fantastic time. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. Zachary Bartell's book is available on Amazon, and we're going to have a link to it on our website at JiggyJakeWire.com. Thanks for being with us, and uh, have a good weekend, my friend. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Definitely. Zachary Bartell with us today. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we've got more coming up. Just joins us talking about the music. He also is uh, here talking about Electric Soul Parade, which is a uh, fabulous, fabulous rock trio. And uh, out of the Los Angeles area, tell us a little bit about the the Los Angeles music scene. What's that like? Um, well, there's always a lot going on, man. Um, that's the cool thing about LA is that any night of the week you can go to any area of town and see uh, see some live music. So that's pretty cool. Um, the other cool thing is there's a lot of really successful and talented and awesome musicians that live in the L.A. area. So, um, you know, it's, it's pretty common to see um, a lot of great musicians out just playing, um, sometimes just for fun, jamming, sitting in at open, uh, open jam sessions, open mics, and uh, things like that. Um, the, the caliber of musician out here that you find is, is really high, um, being that it is such an entertainment city so um yeah like i said i mean there's the, any night of the week man you can find some some good live music um of any style so that's you know pretty cool thing about la for sure we've got travis stevenson with us today he's the uh singer songwriter and uh, guitarist for electric soul parade tell us about the writing process for the group does uh does all the band contribute to the music or is it just one person how's that work um, I've been the primary creative member, um, and New Horizon was, was kind of a, a similar process. I, I typically have the, the song, uh, lyrics and, and chords and things, you know, relatively put together, and then I present it to the band, and, um, you know, I, I Paul and Phil are great musicians, and so they always have input, and so as far as you know, the initial writing and initial ideas of the songs, that comes from me, and then, you know, we put the song together, and they help out with arrangement ideas, um, maybe intros and outros, and, uh, you know, a specific way that we can transition into another part of the song, and and so that's typically how most of our stuff has been written. Um, and so uh, New Horizon was mostly done like that. There's 11 tunes, uh, nine of which I wrote, and then there was one cover, and then there was one tune that my younger brother wrote, and uh, so we did that and put it on the album. Well, uh, before we let you go, we're going to play one more track. Tell us a little bit about Song for Wes. We're going to play that. Uh, that's actually the tune that uh, my brother wrote, and um, it's in honor and reflection of uh, an uncle of ours that uh, had some uh, serious problems with depression and... Um, you know, had adverse reactions to some medication and wound up, you know, committing suicide. And so it's uh, it's a tribute to Wes, and it's also 
uh, about the emotional reaction and, and the thoughts that were provoked by that situation in my brother. So like I said, my, my younger brother wrote that tune. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just uh, the deep thoughts that are provoked when, when uh, that sort of situation happens. Well, here we go. It's uh, Electric Soul Parade. It's a song for Wes, and it's here on the world famous Cheeky Check Fire Radio Program Music Monday Electric Soul Parade. We're back here in a few moments.
It is the Electric Soul Parade, and uh, joining us today on the telephone, Travis from the band. Travis, before we let you go, um, how do we connect with you guys online and learn a little bit more about the band? Well, um, I would say you can always hit us up on Facebook. Um, you know, send us a message. We'll get back with you. Um, we're always posting on there about what's uh, going on. Uh, if you want to listen to any of our stuff, our new album is up on SoundCloud. So it's just soundcloud.com, Electric Soul Parade. And, uh, yeah, we're on Instagram, Twitter. Like I said, all the usual places. So anywhere you uh, you look, we're Electric Soul Parade. Good stuff. Well, I appreciate it, sir. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it, man. Have a good day. Travis with us today from Electric Soul Parade. And uh, that is that. We're going to take a quick time out here. When we come back, we've got more here on the World Famous Chicky Jake White Show. It's our Music Monday feature here on the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar radio program, coast-to-coast and border-to-border on the Starcom radio network. And uh, we've got the Electric Soul Parade with us today. There is Soulful Rock Trio reminiscent of bands like the Gypsies, Cream, Robin Trower. They performed in 2010 by guitarist and vocalist Travis Lee Stevenson. He joins us on the telephone right now. Tell us a little bit about uh, the band and what you guys hope to accomplish in the music industry. Well, uh, like I said, we just put out a new record. Um, we're working on our first music video for our new single, which is called Make Up Your Mind. It's the second tune off the album. So uh, hoping to have the video wrapped up and done by early next year. Um, then 2015, um, you know, I want to get out and play, man. I want to go north and um south and then you know wherever uh wherever things take us so i'm not really sure what exactly 2015 holds but uh hoping to get out and play you know anywhere that uh people want to hear rock and roll man so electric soul parade with us today here on the big broadcast coast to coast and border to border on the starcom radio network now you guys have a uh, pretty good following on Facebook and uh, social media. Tell us about how you're using social media to promote and market the band. I'm sorry, man. You kind of broke up there. What was tell, the tell us a little bit about social media. How are you using social media to market the band? Oh, well, I mean, we have basically the, the normal platforms, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So... Um, I think Facebook is definitely the one that, that I use the most. Um, you know, it's just, a, a that's the way people find you now. It's, um, we do have an official website, but, um, you know, you make connections with people at a show and, uh, then they like your page and you stay in touch with them like that. So whenever I have a show, um, whenever something is going on, uh, whenever I have an interview or anything, anything you know, I post it on Facebook, uh, make the event page, and invite people to to check it out. And so, um, you know, I, I wouldn't consider myself to be any kind of uh, social media whiz, but I think just uh, being on social media and posting on a semi-regular basis at least uh, lets people know that you're still there and you're up to something, you know, so... Electric Soul Parade with us today here on the broadcast, coast to coast and border to border. Tell me about New Horizon. We're going to play that here in just a few moments. Uh, well, New Horizon is the the title of our 
new album. It's our third studio album. It was recorded in Austin, Texas by Stuart Sullivan, uh, just an amazing engineer who recorded uh, all of Sublime's music and just a lot of really amazing Texas musicians like Stevie Ray and uh, Jimmy Vaughn and Willie Nelson and people like that. So anyways, um, we did the record with him. It's about an hour long. Um, super happy with it. Uh, the, I guess the theme of the album, as I was saying earlier, is the new beginning. Um, so, you know, that, that's kind of uh, what a lot of the content deals with. But um, I don't know. I mean, there's, like I said, our new single is called Make Up Your Mind. It's an yep. upbeat rock tune. Yep. So I would say, you know, look out for that one. <laughs> well, let's, well, well, let's do this. Video. Let's play New Horizon, and then we'll come back and we'll chat a little bit more with uh, Travis Stevenson, singer and guitarist for Electric Soul Parade, here on Music Monday in the World Bank. Jiggy Jig, while you joke.
Jiggy Jaguar radio program continues. Welcome back to the big broadcast, coast to coast and border to border on the Starcom radio network, which is 20 plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. Our good friends at TuneIn, also Radio Loyalty. Find us on iHeartRadio as well. And 24-7-365 at JiggyJaguar.com. That's J-I-G-G-Y-J-A-G-U-A-R.com. We've got our Music Monday feature we're going to be doing here in just a few moments with a great, great band. They're called the Electric Soul Parade. Travis Lee Stevenson on guitars. Paul Jones on uh, uh, bass. Also, Philip Duty um, and... Uh, We've got we have some amazing, amazing musicians. We're going to be uh, talking to them here in just a few moments. ElectricSoulParade.com is their official website, and Travis will be joining us on the telephone here in mere moments. But let's talk about one of our fantastic marketing partners right now. Former QVC top model is, uh, well, she's, she's battling uh, some, some injuries. Um, let's talk about one of our fantastic marketing partners right now. It's a great Indiegogo campaign. Check it out today at I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O dot com. Former QBC model, she's a top model, battles toxic injury. Um, This comes out of Westchester, Pennsylvania. After 18-plus years working as a professional model for QBC and other outlets, her life and her health as she knew it ended. Her last day there as a model, she fell to the ground while waiting to take and uh, before and after shots for a beauty show, she had what could only be described as a seizure. She felt poisoned, and in fact, she was poisoned. She had a toxic injury due to environmental chemicals that ravaged her body and struck down her immune system. She was horrifically inter- introduced to a new world and a generation of 21st century diseases that modern medicine hasn't yet had the pleasure to meet. In a world where toxic chemicals, unsafe pharmaceuticals, and the lack of air regulation in our schools and work environments are now giving birth to health issues that are unrecognizable to traditional medicine, welcome to her life. She hopes that uh, you, you never come for a visit because it's an unbelievable journey. And uh, she's got a, a, an amazing, amazing story. Check out INDIEGOGO.com. Search former QBC top model battles toxic injury. She's got an incredible goal. She's trying to reach it by January 9th of 2015. And uh, she's, she's about, uh, I would say, about. Um, $200 away from her goal. She's got 41 days left. Check it out today. Flexible funding is available as well. The campaign started on November 25th and will close on January 9th, 2015 at midnight Pacific time. And uh, let's get into it with our next guest here on our broadcast. Fantastic, fantastic musician. Travis joins us. Um, tell us a little bit about the Electric Soul Parade, man. How did you guys get started? Well, I moved to California, to Los Angeles, in 2010 to go to music school at uh, Musicians Institute, and so I started Electric Soul Parade with uh, a few guys that I met there, and we started jamming. Um, So we started out as uh, an instrumental kind of progressive rock thing, and, you know, members have changed, and... uh, it's kind of morphed into more of a psychedelic rock thing now. Um, but uh, we just put out a new record. It's called New Horizon. I'm super happy about it and, uh, uh, you know, very satisfied with the sound. And I have, like uh, you said earlier, Paul Jones on bass and Philip Major Willis on drums. And uh, so, yeah. Now, how, how did you guys get together as a group? Well, I met uh, Phil 
he was working at Guitar Center um, in Santa Clarita area, which is just north of L.A., and I was uh, teaching guitar, guitar lessons there, and so I uh, basically that's where I met Phil, and uh, then I met Paul just through uh, connections with different people here in L.A. Um, I was looking for a bass player, and someone had given him my number, and he called out of the blue, and so that's how the current lineup got together, and I've been playing with, uh, with Phil and Paul for about a year and a half now. Um, so, yeah, that's how I, I got together with these guys. Amazing stuff. We've got the Electric Soul Parade with us today. We're going to play one of their tunes right now. Tell me about Goodbye Yesterday. Uh, well, actually, the theme of the record is uh, like a new beginning and turning over a new leaf, I guess you could say. And so Goodbye Yesterday is kind of like the seal of the the record. Like the it's the, you know, saying goodbye to things that used to be in your life, ways that you used to be, and, uh, yeah, moving on to, to new things. So that's what that tune is about. Well, here we go. It's called Goodbye Yesterday. It's the Electric Soul Parade, and it's here on Music Monday here on the World Famous Jiggy Jaguar Show. Back here in a few moments to chat a little bit more with Travis Stevenson, the singer and guitarist for the Electric Soul Parade. Standing face to face Goodbye tragedy New hope is in the air You have no idea You're the answer to my prayer Today has a light Shining in her eyes
Malcolm, how are you this week, sir? I'm doing good. I'm still celebrating uh, with that post-election celebration. <laughs> well, uh, let's get to these awards. Recognizing that the United States of America needed a correction course immediately, this award does not go to the Republicans, but it goes to who exactly? goes to every single American who voted, including Democrats, by the way, okay? Because if it wasn't for the Democrats uh, voting, we wouldn't have whipped their offices in the polls. And so, uh, <laughs> so, so listen, I'll tell you what I've been saying for years, actually. Okay. Yeah. The beautiful thing about America is, you know, when we go too far to the left or too far from, to the right to that matter, Americans will always corrupt the course and bring us down to the center. And, and I think we are a center-right mind shift in this country. We're fiscally conservative, probably more socially liberal, uh, translated, keep the government out of our lives and pay the bills. 
uh, is what we're talking about here. You know, this was a, a historic election, uh, Jiggy. There's no question about it. The Senate, the House, and the governor's mansion. My God, even mosquito control uh, went to uh, went conservative this time, and, and nobody could have predicted this election. I mean, it was it was beyond anybody's wildest dreams. But in no way is this a mandate, however, for Republicans. And I'll make that loud and clear. Uh, and let me tell you what: if they throw and take this on, as you know, many of them do, uh, you'll find that that door will swing real hard in 2016, right back and kick them in the ass. And uh, that's what happens in this country. So I would begin to govern and do the things you've got to do to get it done. And, and that's the most important thing at this point. Listen to the constituency. Listen to Americans. You know. We've got Malcolm Out Loud with us today. The Malcolm Out Loud TV Awards uh, for this uh, first week of November. One of the most controversial societal issues facing Americans. Let's call it that hot potato contest. That award goes to... This goes to the 6th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. All right, so the Supreme Court declined the rule on gay marriage last month. But thanks to the Federal Appeals Court, the hot potato contest is headed back, headed back to the Supreme Court, like it or leave it, and obviously they don't like it, but they're going to have to deal with it. Um, you know, when you really dive into the issue of gay marriage, okay, I, I really always question what's the argument really about. It, is it about equal benefits? Is it about legalized sex? Is it about Bible bashing? Is it, is it about acceptance? What exactly is the argument about? And, you know, like a lot of us, we really don't care what people do on their time. I mean, you know, I, I hear consistently, Jiggy, it's about benefits under the law that people want to be treated equally with benefits. And if that's the case, I've got the answer. Keep the word marriage as it was intended from the beginning of time, awarded to a, a man or a woman. It's a license. That's all it is. So what the hell? And create another license for gay couples where they can join the same benefits. Call it a union license or a life partnership license or equal benefits united. I don't care what you call it. <laughs> but, you know, the Supreme Court should think outside of those black robes of theirs for once and solve the problem permanently. And, you know, for those who don't like it, you know what? Too bad, so sad. People are just looking for something to complain about anyways. But this whole argument about gay marriage is just uh, over the top. And I think it's the word marriage that that's the Christian conservatives off. So I think you got to take a look at this thing and Set up another license for gay couples, you know? I mean, listen, God's going to judge them, not me, not you, not the next person. If it's good, it's good, to, you know, I mean, whatever. If it's not, it's not. I, I don't know. I'm not the judge. You know, I have no idea, you know? We've got Malcolm Out Loud with us today, joining us live, talking about uh, the Malcolm Out Loud TV Awards for the first week of November. If you want to get more information on uh, Brink Thinking and also making it a lifestyle, check out creatingamindshift.com. That's creatingamindshift.com. Malcolm Out Loud with us today. Authentic, uh, uh, authentic and politics, I'm butchering that word, is equivalent to <laughs> environmentalists being supportive of the Keystone Pipeline, being yourself no matter what. This award goes to... This goes to New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, without a doubt. And uh, if everyone's been following him uh, this past week, he had a uh, an interview with Matt Lauer on the Today Show. I don't know if you've seen that or heard about it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard about it. I haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah, well, he came out and, you know, and so Christie was confronted by Lauer on, on this press conference that, that Christie had this past week in his typical verbal assault on a reporter, okay? 
And uh, so here's what happened. So uh, Lala asked, uh, he says this, well, the guy wouldn't sit down at a press conference, and you said sit down and shut up. Now, Lala says to Christie, do you need to stop being a bully when confronted by people who disagree with you? If you do run for the presidency, are you going to have to control that side of your personality to be seen as presidential outside of New Jersey politics? <laughs> <laughs> to, which, to which Christie replies, first of all, Matt, you're assuming I wasn't controlled. I sat and took it for a while. The hundreds of people who there deserve to hear what we had to say that day, that person had their say. I sat and listened to it. It was time for them to sit down. I'm not going to change, Matt. It's who I am. So here's the thing about Chris Christie. You know, some people call him a bully. Some call him authentic. And, you know, I wonder if Chris Christie can confront America's enemies around the world in the same tone, sit down and shut up. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You'll have to decide, huh? <laughs> yeah, that, that you're you're completely correct on that. We've got Malcolm out loud with us today here on the program. As always, check out it's time to get dot com. Join the national dialogue over there. It's time to get dot com. What goes around comes around. You scratch my back, I'll ignore you when you need me. This award goes to goes to the Democratic Campaign Committee. Well, it seems the Democrats have elected to ensure that Mary Landro doesn't get elected. This is the uh, senator down in Louisiana. So they decided to cancel its advertising for Senator Mary Landro uh, ahead of the December runoff in Louisiana. Um, inside sources say the National Party has largely canceled ad buys of about $2 million on Landro. Now, the fact that she got about 42% of the vote, they feel is bad, given that most, all the rest of the vote was Republican. So they believe turning people around would be highly difficult, especially in this toxic political environment. You know, there's one major caveat to this story, Jiggy, and if everyone follows me on this here, you may or may not remember, but Mary Landrieu, Senator Landrieu, was one of the final votes that pushed Obamacare over the top in the middle of the night, you might remember, back some years ago here, okay? And she and Ben Nelson of Nebraska, and there's a bunch of them, 28, 28, count them, other Democratic senators that voted for Obamacare are no longer with us as well today. Many of them couldn't get reelected. Others dropped out because they were shamed. You know, I bet they wish could they, they could have their vote all over again. But you know what I say? Karma's a bitch. What goes around comes around, kids. So uh, <laughs> couldn't happen to better people. It is you know? uh, Malcolm Out Loud with us today here on the program. He joins us live. And uh, the Malcolm Out Loud TV Awards. Check out MalcolmOutLoud.tv for more information. Uh, for making the dummies look just like the real dummies, the award goes to. This goes to a company called Humanetics. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, obese occupants are up to 78% more likely to die in a car crash than an average weight driver, says Humanetics president and CEO Christopher O'Connor. I had no idea of this, Jiggy. Did you? No, I, I didn't know anything about this. Well, have a, evidently, having a body mass index of 35 to 39.9% increases your risk of death by 51%. So, more than one-third of Americans, they say, are obese. And one recent study showed that obese drivers are more likely to die in a car crash. So the world's largest maker of dummies 
is making one that is obese. So to give you an example, when they test your cars out, when you drive your cars, you know, they're called the crash test dummies, okay? Yeah. The, the average one weighs 167 pounds, pretty, pretty slim and trim. The new ones, get a load of this, will weigh 271 pounds with a BMI of 35 that can measure belt and airbag loads generating during crashes. So they are increasing the size of these test dummies over 100 pounds for fat-ass Americans so that they can protect you in a car crash. Well, that just blows my mind, I'll tell you. Now, if they can only make a politician appear to be dumber than they already are by making the political dummy, uh, but actually they do a good job on their own, so we don't need to help them in that department, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Malcolm Out Loud with us today here on the broadcast, MalcolmOutLoud.tv. And um, Malcolm, it is uh, it, it's an interesting day as we wrap up here. I want to get one thought from you. Um, what do you think of the president coming out today in favor of a net neutrality? Yeah, I, I think like everything else, he's trying to have big government and more government. The internet's a funny, it's a tricky thing, Jiggy, uh, but he wants to make it like a public utility. Okay, uh, like everything else, because he's a big government believer. Uh, I think it's an argument he's not going to win. They're not going to vote it in. There's just no way. So, I, I, you know, listen, I, I think the Internet, there's some problems on there. Yeah. But I don't think for a blessed moment that government can solve them. And I don't think that another government agency and another government utility is the answer. Uh, I just don't. I think you've got to keep the stuff private because that's the problem with government. They're too big. Uh, you talk about obese. I think it all starts with government. <laughs> I mean, government's obese. I mean, it's overloaded. The big government agencies and all. And yeah. I think having another uh, public utility agency is not going to be helpful, Jakey. So I think Obama, it's another wish dream of his to create more government before he leaves office. But uh, I don't see the Republicans go along with this. Do you? No, I don't either. And Ted Cruz has already come yeah. out against it, so it'll it'll be interesting to see this move forward, but Malcolm... It will, it will. Hey, and, and by the way, yeah. one last thing, but I yeah. want to make sure you know. Do you know this time around, this was the first time in history, by the way, that we elected more than 100 women to Congress. I know, I that's heard the, that in the minute, the minute earlier. That, that was the, isn't fantastic. That wild? Isn't that wild? Yeah. So the 114th Congress, when it gets uh, called into, uh, they get sworn in in January, first time ever... There'll be 20 female senators, at least, and at least 81 in the U.S. House. Could be 85. There's still some uh, races that have to be solved yet with men and women that are too close. Uh, so, uh, you know, the thing about it is, as I said in a minute, it, t- it took about 150 years from the birth of our nation before women, women were granted the right to vote. And they fought for over 100 years for that right. They didn't get the right till 1920, August 26, 1920. Uh, that's when the 19th Amendment to the Constitution was ratified. So, you know, I, I mean, you've got to think about it. As I said in the final thought on the minute, they're over they're 50.8% of the entire population, Jiggy, and they only make up 19% of the federal legislators. And let me tell you, they couldn't do any worse than men have done, so I'd say elect more women to hell with it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Malcolm, thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next week, sir. All right, buddy. Take care. Appreciate it, man. Malcolm Out Loud with us today here on the broadcast. Goes to coast and boulder to boulder all over the Starcom Radio Network. Taking a time out when we come back. We've got more in the next hour. We're going to... Oh, we got some stuff to talk about in the next hour. Coming up.
life and business co- New Life and Business Coaching Company seeks to change the economy and is currently seeking funding for their startup phase. Visit changeouroneconomy.com and see why everyone is on board. Their mission is to get you moving in the right direction. Find out who you are and what you truly want in life. The Alpha Omega Coaching Team are committed, positive, and successful people who strive to be balanced as well as honest. Don't wait. Visit changeouroneconomy.com today and achieve all your goals tomorrow. This is Chris Markowski, your watchdog on Wall Street, and this is your watchdog on Wall Street Money Minute. Doctor shortages. Oh, it's not just the Veterans Administration. This is another da, 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 another CI told you so moment here for your watchdog on Wall Street. Um, doctor shortages all around the country. Students are applying to and enrolling in medical schools in record numbers. High interest does not necessarily mean more doctors. The number of residencies... Uh, has not risen with the number of applicants since to a uh, they got a government imposed cap. Um, why would they do that? There won't be enough residencies for young doctors by next year. The uh, number of patients is obviously increasing. We've got an aging population. Uh, so once again, we have got government in the way. Um, you want to lower medical costs? Yeah, having more doctors and qualified doctors that'll definitely help things. Gee whiz, supply and demand. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Welcome back to the big program, Coast to Coast and Border to Border. It's the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio Show on the Starcom Radio Network. We've got uh, Ethan Paul Teal with us today. He's got Owl Eyes. It's a solo project. And um, Ethan is with us today on the telephone. Ethan, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? I'm doing very fine, thank you. You caught me right in the middle of a college class, which was really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, dude, it's great. It's like very few kids have the opportunity to basically say, Teacher, pardon me, this science is cool and all, but I got an interview with a radio station. <laughs> they just walk out of that classroom style. You throw on the shades, it's like, yeah, I'm cool. I got an interview today. <laughs> and then you walk outside, and he's like, because I'm at a McNally Smith College of Music in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. So literally everyone in the building, including the teachers themselves, are uh, uh, musicians themselves. They're having touring gigs and all that stuff. Um, in fact, uh, last night we had a local uh, punk rock band called Pink Mink uh, play at the show. And they have worked with uh, people like Husker Du and the Cramps and stuff like that. And they were here playing a show just for the students because they're just like, we love McNally Smith. That's so, awesome. yeah, you walk out of that classroom like, yeah, I got the radio interview, and then you walk by your best friend who's going to be touring with some really huge pop-punk band in the summer. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, now I know my place. I'm a freshman. I know now, who I am now. Tell, tell us a little bit about this project, man. Tell me all about it. Uh, the I started up uh, basically when I was able to pick up an instrument, like, since I was, like, eight. Um, but... The out, it basically was just an outlet for all my creative expression, whether it be writing, uh, poetry, movie making, or music making. I basically just kind of wanted a stage name because, frankly, Ethan Paul Teal, not a great name. I'm sorry, but it's just, Ethan, really? Like, Nathan, I could understand, but Ethan, really? I have to walk into a grunt with my business suit on, getting a job interview, like, what's your name, uh, Paul? No, it's not. We see the Ethan right here. It's like, yeah, it's Ethan. 
But basically, the Allies, how it, it got its roots with my music, but how it sprang up was uh, I had an opportunity to record an EP, I believe it was back in the uh, April of 2013, my Wild Child EP, which you can find on my website. And they uh, basically, I got to record the EP, I got to shoot the music video, and both the music video director and the producers of the EP were like, Ethan, um, you can either go as a solo artist on your name, or you can kind of do what Trent Reznor does and be kind of a band, but it's all you on the record. Like every single thing you hear on a Nine Inch Nails record is all Trent Nails, uh, Trent Reznor, you know, programming and the drums and all that stuff, all Trent Reznor. And then he hires musicians to go out and play shows with him live. You can do the same thing with uh, your music. And I was like, yeah, let me come up with a band name. And the origins of the band name itself, The Allies, actually come from the novel The Great Gatsby. There's like a minor character in there who's called The Allies. And I just thought it was just a weird, prestigious name. And there's a bigger symbolic meaning to it and all, but I won't bore you with that. But that's basically <laughs> what The Allies is, is a creative expression for all my artistic input. And right now it's music, and music is my life. And anything you hear music-related from me, it's going to have the Allies name plastered right on it. That's awesome. That is awesome, dude. Now, um, uh, t- tell us tell us a little bit about some of your goals uh, and some of your some of your dreams and everything. Uh, some of my goals and uh, yep. dreams yep. Uh, with the music. Oh yeah. Uh, well, just world domination in general. <laughs> but I guess uh, if I were to be a little bit more professional about it, and like, because like. The typical answer I always want to give is, I want to be a rock star, but that just sounds <laughs> so little-itched. It's just like, you got a big world ahead of you, son, if you think you're going to be a rock star. So I always, like, fall back on basically, what I want to be is a noteworthy recording touring artist. I want to be an artist kind of up there with the Foo Fighters, uh, even as prestigious as it is, I kind of want to be up there with the Beatles. Just someone that people can look back and go, that guy, yeah, he made great music, no doubt about it. You can look at his whole catalog, there's maybe a misfire here and there, but as a whole, this guy did so much more for music than you could ever possibly imagine. That's, that's awesome. That's basically what I just want to be, a noteworthy recording touring artist. Hey, that's awesome, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you've got some goals. Now, tell me about this uh, debut EP, Wild Child. Tell me all about it. Uh, recorded back in the summer of, uh, not summer, April, uh, fall, uh, bleh, sorry. English. Hey, don't worry about uh, it, brother. No. Um, <laughs> recorded back, uh, in the spring of 2013. That is a collection of three songs, all written, recorded, uh, quote-unquote produced by me, recorded in, uh, Zod Lounge Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, the three songs basically have sort of a art punk feel to them imagine uh i always describe my music as if uh the velvet underground tried playing music by allison chains it would be basically my music and watch out ep shows off a little bit more of the art punk velvet underground style with a little bit of pop infused to it in fact the last track on that ep uh hopeless has some electronic drums going on in it very Coldplay-esque. uh I love literally every single song of that EP. I'm so proud of the guys at Zod Lounge 
they have no idea what an impact they've made on me. I can't thank them enough. Um, but on top of that EP, I also had another EP that dropped this fall. A uh, little bit more of a grungier edge to it, a little bit more, uh, little bit more evil, if you will. Uh, the EP is called Schizo Girlfriend. It's out on iTunes right now. It's got a bigger alternative rock feel. Very Tool-esque. If you're a big fan of the band Tool, you'll really like this EP. Um, and both EPs, um, you can find links to buy the songs or just listen and stream the songs in general off my website, theowleyes.com. T-H-E-O-W-L-E-Y-E-S.com. There's a music tab on there. You can just stream all the songs for free or buy them. Cost me a penny. Everything helps, dude. You got to support those local artists, man. You got to. They are the future of music. Well, besides uh, the internet and everything, what are you doing to market your music, my man? Uh, basically, just finding every local band in the Minnesota scene. Basically, just being like, hey, you need someone to open up for you? We'll do it for like pizza and uh, soda. Or it's like, dang, these guys go cheap. All right, let's hire them. Uh, <laughs> we've talked to uh, bands like. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of the Minnesota scene happening right now, but there's a lot happening in the St. Paul, Minneapolis music scene. Like, I came up here thinking, like, really? This this is the place where music's supposed to go? I thought it'd be Nashville or L.A. Why the heck is it up north where it's freezing cold? And then you, like, look at the list of artists, and it's like Bob Dylan and Prince, and you're just like, oh, that's why this place is huge for music. And it's just... So many good bands. So many good local bands, too. Uh, groups like uh, Splinit, uh, Verhadra. I can't pronounce their name for crap, but they are an <laughs> amazing band. Uh, Pink Mink. Uh, and then we have a uh, group that we're opening up for uh, this December, December 12th, at the Hattrick Lounge. Uh, we're opening up for a local punk rock group called Tim is a Rocker. All one word. They are... I've literally seen them play maybe one song live once but the show just got so crazy I, I knew the punk rock spirit was back because the show basically got so crazy I was like I might need to leave after this song because I could potentially die here it's just <laughs> it's so, they're an amazing group it's just the whole Minnesota music scene in general and it does it doesn't even apply to rock as well like there's hip hop groups the, the group uh, the collective doom tree with uh, members like P.O.S. and Sims that have went on to have spectacular solo careers. They're all from Doomtree, local punk, uh, local uh, hip-hop collective, amazing group. Um, but just, yeah, that's basically how I've been marketing my music has just been, uh, going to the school has been the biggest help for me marketing-wise. Because there's just so many students, like, it's one of those things, like, I wish I could have just a band, uh, just a group of guys that I can go to every single time we need to play a show. But the great thing about this school is if one dude drops out, there's always someone else that's just like, yo, I'll play for the show, and all I require is a ride and food. Done. Next. It's so great. I love this school here, and I love the scene. But that's basically how I've been marketing myself, is just reaching out to those who are small in the, lo small in the grand scheme of things, but huge in the local scene, and just asking them, do you need a band to play for you live? We are willing and able. We got an hour-long set list. We're ready to kick some A. And they're just like, yep, we got you. I love it. A well, wonderful, uh, wonderful, warm, 
before I let you go, how do we how do we find you online? Uh, you can reach me at Al Eyes, capital O W L, capital E Y E S underscore nineteen ninety five at Twitter. That is my Twitter handle, Al Eyes nineteen ninety five. You can also reach me at uh, my Facebook page. Just type in the Al dash Eyes T H E O W L dash E Y E S. You can find me there. Uh, Per, if you want to reach me personally, I have a website, theallies.com. I plugged earlier. There's a contact page on there, and you can find me and shoot me an email if you just want to be like, oh, your music's so awesome, you've been an inspiration. Or if you want to be like, hey, yo, you suck. Totally cool. All, all the comments help. <laughs> um, uh, another cool hey, feature that my website has offered that I want to plug really quickly, we just added a shopping uh, tab on my website. So if you want to buy a T-shirt, a physical copy of the EP, we have it uh, ready to be shipped out. So just go to my website. Every little bit helps. Even if you just, even if it's just like I don't even like this guy, but the T-shirt looks really cool. Hey man, everything helps. Local <laughs> artists, we got to stick together. We got to do what we can. It's all hustling and hustling. Know what I'm saying? Well, good stuff. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, being with us today. Thank you, man. Welcome back to the program, Coast to Coast and Border to Border on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, and of course, the Starcom Radio Network, 20 plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world, AMFM247.com as well. The saints come marching in, the power of faith and the reality of evil, and uh, we've got Zachary Bartels with us today. He's the author of the new smash hit, Playing Saint, and... uh, Let's talk about this book. It's a fantastic read. Uh, tell us a little bit about the book, Zachary. Well, the book is about a, uh, a pastor uh, who's kind of on the verge of arriving at mega stardom as being a kind of televangelist and, and best-selling author of self-helpy kind of religious books. And then uh, his life kind of collides with uh, a, a lot of things he's not used to, and he winds up wrapped up in murder investigations and the occult and... Uh, conspiracies, theories, and all sorts of things like that. Uh, and and uh, there's a kind of supernatural element to it as well, and, and uh, a lot of stuff about demon possession and that sort of thing. So why did you decide to write this book? What was the inspiration? Well, it's mostly an autobiography, sir. Oh, really? That's yeah, awesome. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. What was uh, the... No, I, what was the inspiration but behind this because this 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 is a really 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 cool book really well written book well thank you um, the the inspiration I guess it was just kind of uh, it started with just writing about uh, the sort of tensions of being a, a clergyman I'm, I'm a minister uh, and and kind of the the tension between wanting to, to do things faithfully and wanting to do things so that the world would think that I was doing a good job, and I look successful kind of by the world's metrics. Um, and and I've, I've been a writer for, for years and years, and kind of the, the more exciting way to frame that, that uh, particular, uh, I guess, divide, self-divide, kind of that, that conflict was in, in the uh, supernatural thriller genre rather than just a, a, the one we want to read about my day-to-day life. <laughs> 
If you want to get more information, ZacharyBartels.com is the official website. If you want to uh, check that out, also the book is available on Amazon as well. Now, um, with with this book, you, you've you've done some uh, some pretty cool things here. Kind of educate us on uh, your writing process for this great book. Oh well, I I am. Uh, writers will often talk about how you're either a plotter where you plot everything out, or a pantser where you run a seat of your pants. And I plot everything out, uh, and I'm and I'm kind of OCD about my writing process. You know, I, I I write everything down as as ideas come to me, and then I put them on giant foam boards and move them all around until every piece is exactly where it's supposed to be. And then uh, I got uh, uh, the same bench that I sit down uh, downtown and, and write on this. 1990s uh, word processor uh, that I that I got on eBay for ten dollars. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Now, um, tell us a little bit about your 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 writing. Well, do you have any uh, quirky writing habits or anything of that nature? Well, you know, I, I do need to light up a cigar before I can really get writing, um, and uh, I, I like to uh, kind of pick out. I've got another book coming out uh, with Harper Collins. Uh, in June, and I, I've written one before playing Saint, and I, I tend to like to pick a song or two that really kind of evoke the mood of what I'm writing, and, and then I listen to that to kind of get in the right headspace. Um, I guess, yeah, so so a whole bunch of quirky things. <laughs> We've got Zachary Bartels with us today, author of the new smash hit, Playing Saint, and he's joining us today here on the program. Um, where, where, where do you get your information or ideas for, for the book? Where where what was some of the research and things that you did for the book? Well, the the convenient thing about writing, a, you know, a supernatural thriller when you've got a master's of divinity is most of it you can just kind of draw on your seminary training um, and and uh, kind of spin off from things that I find in the scriptures themselves and and uh, things that I've learned over the years and kind of spin off what if scenarios. Um, so you know, I've, I've I've got a degree in world religion, so that kind of gave me the foundation for. Uh, some of the, the Vatican operatives that are in the book, and then I just kind of made up a sect that uh, I called the Jesuits Militant, uh, a sect of kind of secret agent uh, uh, Vatican assassin-type people, and, and filled that in with my own imagination. So uh, I didn't conveniently have to do a whole lot of uh, uh, specific research for this book. There's not a lot, of, uh, a lot of research, which makes, I'm sure, the writing go even faster. Um, Zachary Bartels with us today here on the program. Uh, with when when the book came out, I know you probably gave some advanced copies to some to some peers and some folks. Um, what was some of the early reviews on the book? Oh, I, I was incredibly ecstatic with uh, the, all the early reception. Uh, you know, everybody in the Christian book market wants to get a good uh, RT's uh, book review, and we got four and a half stars. Uh, the the uh, the early stuff was really good, and, and I got some big names uh, going out with some some endorsements and blurbs. Uh, Stephen James, who's who's kind of one of the leaders in in this particular subgenre, and Colleen Coble. Uh, so yeah, it's been very encouraging and exciting. We've got Zachary Bartels with us today here on the broadcast. What's next for you as an author? And uh, I know fans can reach out to you on Twitter and uh, also on the website. But what what's next for you, my friend? Well, I've got a book coming out in June called The Last Con, which is about a con man who 
uh, kind of tries to reform and and, and uh, get back on the straight and narrow and gets uh, forced back into a life of crime and intrigue and and uh, you get a lot of the same kind of supernatural thriller elements in, in that one. And uh, yeah, I'm working on a nonfiction book about uh, consumerism in, in the Christian Church, and, and that that's uh, something I'm kind of excited about as well. So uh, beyond that, who knows? God knows. <laughs> well, I, I I think it's uh. It's going to be a, a good time for you because you've, you've got this incredible book here. And uh, definitely keep us updated on your work. This has been a, a fantastic time. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. Zachary Bartell's book is available on Amazon, and we're going to have a link to it on our website at jiggyjakewire.com. Thanks for being with us, and uh, have a good weekend, my friend. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Definitely. Zachary, Zachary Bartell with us today. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we've got more coming up. Nadine Lajoie. Do you want more strength in your business? The woman's strength is really important. If you are a woman, you need to take your own power, to take your place and really focus on how you can help the business growing faster with your intuition, with your strength and your power, you can really help. And don't be intimidated. It's too bad still that only 14.2% are women executive in Fortune 500 companies. But if you don't take your power, we cannot get that number increase. If you are a man, just listen more into the woman in your business. Ask them to help you out and you will see the synergy between masculine and feminine energy will really grow your business faster. This is Nadine at NadineRacing.com. Welcome back to the big broadcast, Coast to Coast and Border to Border on iHeartRadio. Tune in, Radio Loyalty, and of course our good friends at Stitcher. Also coming soon to TruthFrequency.com. We've got Scott Smith with us today, our regular correspondent. And um, Scott, we've got uh, one more segment with you before the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, who, who do you who do you have for us this week? Is it anybody out of your uh, out of your great book? Thank you, James. Yes. Um, I will embark on a rant now about the importance of reading full biography. The part of the purpose why I wrote the book, and, and people can access a chapter on the late great Muppet master Jim Henson on my website, which is extraordinarypeoplebook.com. Yes, and part of the reason I did this was that I want people to get a taste. It's just 2,600 words a chapter of why biography of famous, successful people can inspire them and be relevant to their own lives and careers. So it's a really bite-sized way of introduction, and I'm hoping to hook them. Uh, I myself have the pleasure of being forced to read two full-length biographies a week, which is not that much fun, actually, because I learn a lot, but I have to kind of skim them and look for the parts that are relevant to my column in Investor's Business Daily. So what I want to do is kind of, um, we, last week I think we talked about business leaders, some of the best bios I've read, and yep, political yep. leaders, some of the best books on them. So um, I wanted to mention a few more out of all the zillions of biographies I've mentioned that really, really stand out, and some relate to the book and some not. Um, for readers who aren't familiar, uh, I do a 
eight columns a month for Investors Business Daily on famous people. And some of them I interview in person, and some of them are historical figures from way back in different fields. So um, you, if you go, if your listeners go to investors.com and search my name, Scott Smith, then my three or 400 different profiles will come up. And within those articles are biographies that I think everybody should read if they're interested. For example, just live a few minutes ago, uh, it'll be in the newspaper tomorrow, is uh, The Life of Sam Houston, famously related to the Alamo and the Republic of Texas. And most of us who aren't Texans probably have a very uh, flimsy grasp on, you know, what happened with the war in Mexico and all that. So uh, that's today's feature. Now, among my full bio recommendations in the military area, if you want to read about FDR and how he took the nation from being a pacifist, isolationist country into the greatest military power of all time almost overnight. There's a fascinating book by David Kaiser called No End Save Victory, How FDR Led the Nation into War. And I don't care if you're liberal or conservative, it's a brilliant discussion about how he got his former enemies in business to work with him for the sake of the country. And it's a really a great lesson on the need for each party to sacrifice for the greater good. And, you know, we're as in much trouble today as we were when we were being threatened by Hitler and Japan in different ways. Now, speaking yep. of which, one of the people in my book that I profile, because I think he's very much misunderstood, is General Douglas MacArthur. And we always all remember him because uh, he was fired by Truman. But there's a great new book by Mark Perry called The Most Dangerous Man in America. does a reassessment of him, and it basically says that he designed the strategic island-hopping strategy that defeated Japan, and he became the civilian overseer of Japan afterwards. And then, unfortunately, his career continued into Korea, and he got fired. But had he stopped in Tokyo with his career, he'd be remembered as the greatest hero of World War II. So just goes to show you we can get the wrong impression. Um, Another guy who's been very much misunderstood, overlooked, George Thomas. He was He's considered by many to be the greatest Civil War commander, better than Robert E. Lee or Ulysses S. Grant, believe it or not. There's a brilliant book called Master of War by Benson Bobrick, and uh, he shows this guy was never defeated in the field. He made some extremely significant uh, achievements, victories that weren't bloody, unlike Lee and Grant. He really knew how to conserve his men and not sacrifice him, cared for him. Another guy, Simon Bolivar, which we've talked about before, liberated six South American countries. Best bio on him is a recent one by Maria Arana. Uh, He's got a fascinating life about how he accomplished this against all odds. A couple that are not in my book, but I did write about them for Investors Business Daily. Empire of the Moon by S.C. Gwynn. It's about the life of Quanah Parker, who was the last Comanche chief. And the Comanches were an unbelievable force to be dealt with. We could not get west of them. The U.S. was stopped cold 
by the Comanches for about 10 years. And eventually we got repeating pistols and so forth. We were able to overcome them. But it's a fascinating story about not only was Parker the last Comanche chief, but he became, he decided to, uh, you know, when you can't beat them, join them. And he became a major cattle herder and adopted the white way of life, except for religion and lifestyle. But in terms of kind of the capitalist economy, he became a cattle baron. But um, it's an absolutely, truly unbelievable story when you read it. Um, The last one in the military area I want to mention is Hannibal. Everybody knows his name. Uh, Certainly considered one of the greatest generals in history, right up there with Napoleon. Uh, he nearly completely demolished Rome. Uh, this is about 250 years before Augustus turned it into the Roman Empire. This is in the days of the Roman Republic. Uh, some spectacular victories, clever tactics that are still studied today. And it's a riveting biography called Hannibal, a military biography by Richard Gabriel. The last section that I'd like to recommend, just to get far away from the military, in the arts, Mary Pickford, who was the really kind of the first silent film star, and she became at 24 a major producer in Hollywood, incredibly business savvy, fascinating individual. Her husband was Douglas Fairbanks Sr., another kind of neglected individual from Hollywood history. Anyway, there's a book out called Pickford, The Woman Who Made Hollywood, and that's no exaggeration title-wise, by Eileen Whitfield. I also did an interview recently at Carl Reiner's house, the great comedian. Wow. And um, he had written his his second biography at 91. I remember me, and he told me he's working on his third one. So sometime after his hundredth year, I imagine we'll see that come out. He was a very funny guy. A lot of the these actors, I, I was at Bob Newhart's house not that long ago. They're extremely funny in person. You know, not rehearsed or anything like that, just kind of off the cuff. Jay Leno is the same way. Um, then um, to pick a highbrow author, Goethe, Wolfgang Goethe, the great German writer. Uh, there's a terrific book about his brilliance and his meaning and his relevance called Life, Love, Goethe by John Armstrong. And the last one in the arts field is, of all things, Anne Rice's autobiography from about, I think it was 2008, called Called Out of Darkness, A Spiritual Confession. And I put her in my book because Investors Business Daily requires an interview she is very responsive to email, but I couldn't talk her into an interview, and I'd done so much research on her and thought she was so interesting that I decided to write a chapter about... Uh, she's a role model for changing direction because she became famous, built up a huge business empire on vampires, and then she had a crisis in her life, a mystical experience, converted to her own version of Christianity. She tried out the Catholic Church, and uh, she'd grown up Catholic, didn't really work out for her, so she's back to being very independent. And um, she has recently been in the news because she put out a new vampire book, but it's not dark like the old ones. So if you want a different 
flavor of vampire from what she originally pioneered. Uh, the reviews have been very good. Uh, her son typically travels with her now. He's got his own line of books out, and he's got quite uh, a good reputation as a writer in his own right. But, um, but Anne Rice's life uh, as an artist is really something that is fascinating to study because she never anticipated becoming a best-selling author. Uh, I think the great lesson in her life, aside from being open to personal change, is that when you read her books or you listen to them on tape, she has extraordinary ability to describe things in a vivid way that really brings it alive. So the lesson in general for success is to learn how to hone your powers of observation for whatever business you're in and to notice things that others might overlook and then to be very detail-minded in translating them into you know, your own work of art or your own business practice, being much more aware of your surroundings and others, what they're saying, and then learning how to communicate with your intended audience. So those are a few there. Now, in the remaining few minutes, I just wanted to give your readers a little glimpse of what's coming up at Investors Business Daily. So um, some of the people I'm going to be writing about, and usually it, by the, I'm about to write these, and it usually takes a couple of weeks before they actually appear in the paper, but you can, again, go on to Investors.com and, and uh, look up my name, and you'll see whatever has come up latest. But the, the next one up for me is uh, Jack Fletcher, who was one of the key admirals of the Battle of Midway, which was a turning point in history. It's one of the great decisive battles of history. Um, I've got uh, Elizabeth Van Lu coming up, who was uh, the greatest spy for the Union in the Civil War. She masqueraded as a high society lady in Richmond. John L. Sullivan, probably everybody knows he was the first uh, boxing, heavyweight boxing champion a century ago, a fascinating individual, made, uh, made $26 million in our current value of the dollar, and he drank half of it away, if you can imagine that. $12 million in today's money in alcohol, you could buy a bunch of bars for that, I suppose. <laughs> I've, got, um, <laughs> I've got Helen Keller, of course, he probably destroyed the bars, too, so... That was somewhat counterproductive. I think he died penniless because <laughs> he made a lot and he spent a lot. But at the very end of his life, he became an anti-alcohol crusader. And needless to say, he had some credibility on that point. So anyway, Helen Keller's coming up. Roger Ebert, the um, film critic, who's uh, and there's a, bio, uh, a documentary just out on him. And um, the last one I want to mention is in the book, and it's, He's probably the greatest Native American leader of all time, nobody's ever heard of him, named Little Turtle. And uh, back when the U.S. was young, somewhere around, I think, 1797, he trapped and destroyed an army of about 700. And to put that in perspective, I think around 275 of the 7th Cavalry were killed uh, at the Battle of Little Bighorn, so nobody's ever heard of this guy, mainly because it was so long ago, everybody's kind of forgotten, but it was the greatest disaster uh, in percentage terms 
in U.S. military history. He, I think out of the, there were like 750 U.S. Army members, and uh, 47 escaped with just wounds, and the rest of them were killed. So it was a major, major disaster, and it changed U.S. policy. And then he led his people into peace. He showed them how to farm and showed them a new way of life. So it's kind of a an interesting story that I tell in the book, and that's about all I have to say for today, fortunately. Well, uh, Scott, I'm looking forward to uh, our, our next conversation. We're going to be chatting with you uh, first week of December because, of course, uh, next week is Thanksgiving week. Yeah. We will be off for that, but uh, I will I will talk to you in December, my friend. Uh, but before we uh, I will you, call you in a couple of weeks, and we'll talk about something fresh and new and interesting. Definitely. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We'll talk to you then, my friend. <laughs> Appreciate it. Cool. Thanks. Scott Bye. Smith with us today. Check out his book. And uh, it's on our website at cheekyjaguar.com. Get more great content like this at cheekyjaguar.com. Welcome back to the big program, Coast to Coast and Boulder to Boulder on iHeartRadio. Also, 50 plus stations across the U.S. and Canada. 20-plus AM-FM stations through the Starcom Radio Network and AMFM247.com. This is the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio Program. We've got a fantastic guest with us today. They are going to be performing live in Hutchinson, Kansas, very soon at the Fox Theater. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I, I just can't even believe that I'm doing an interview with one of the guys from Rockapella. Uh, let's go to the telephone. Go ahead and introduce yourself, my friend, and uh, give us a little bit of background on yourself. Hey, James. Uh, it's my pleasure. Um, I'm uh, from New York State, and uh, I'm the vocal drummer for Rockapella. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's a five-man uh, acapella group, and we are kind of the godfathers of what you see on television now, all the acapella everywhere. And... Uh, we have an all-holiday show we're bringing to Hutchinson. Well, more importantly, as far as my world, you guys did the Carmen San Diego theme song. So that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was our one of our earliest claims to fame. Was five years on PBS's "Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego?" So there are a lot of people out there, many of them parents, I say, <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah. that watched it as a kid, and maybe some kids too. And uh, we went on to do. A lot of things. Oh yeah, <laughs> you guys went on to release and, yeah. nineteen albums. Uh, you oh, guys yeah. did compilation albums in Japan, which is awesome. I don't know how the Japanese respond to to, to your style of music. I think is awesome. Now, um, t- tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get started and uh, and and get involved in in the group? Well, I went to school for uh, for. Um, music industry stuff, recording and stuff like that. And But I was always able to be, uh, I was always able to make drums with my mouth. And back then, which was quite a while ago, you couldn't get paid for it. So uh, <laughs> times have changed. And uh, uh, back in the day, I auditioned for Rockapella thinking, oh, well, this is a different opportunity. And it turned out that was exactly what they needed because uh, the concept of doing uh, beatboxing essentially with a band of any kind was kind of a new idea back then. Uh, nowadays, you see it all over the place, but that's how I got started, and then uh, that was over 20 years ago. Now, being involved in Rockapella, you guys have, have uh, released se- several albums, including basically 19 albums. Uh, 
Um, tell me a little bit about the success. Um, first of all, how did, how did, what did you guys do? Um, I, I, I know it, it, it seems you guys are doing some amazing, amazing stuff, but I mean, what, what, what did you guys do after the Carmen San Diego phenomena? Because it's like you guys disappeared, but then you, as, at least for as like the, the, the public eye, but yet you guys put out 19 albums, you toured, you went all over the place. Um, uh, well, we, you know, after after you do a kids geography game show, you get a lot of offers from kids record labels. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, and and Rockapella had always been, uh, except for that job, and basically an adult group. You know, a full band with original material, and the the stuff in Japan actually gave the group the chance to do that more because they didn't have that sort of kids act stigma. Oh. So yeah. what happened was basically they turned down. I say they, I was in the group. <laughs> we turned down uh, the, the kids' record label stuff and decided the opportunity we had was to record in Japan. And then later on, we had um, opportunities in America. So yeah. that's how you get a lot of albums. That and a lot of years and not uh, fighting too much. <laughs> well, hey, that's that's awesome. And uh, you guys have managed uh, to do a lot of different things. Tell me about some of the reception that you guys get uh, for your live shows. I know you guys are going to be coming to Hutchinson, Kansas at the Fox Theater very soon. T- tell me a little bit about what a live show is like with Rockapella. Oh, yeah. Well, we've got, uh, not only do we have a mix of familiar and original songs, and of course for the holiday season, a lot of familiar songs, but uh, the whole show has choreography, and uh, of course we're interacting with the audience all the time. So if you've never seen a real professional uh, vocal group show like this, it's going to blow your mind. I, I don't underestimate that statement. Uh, I think that everybody seems to leave smiling. It's really, uh, I'm very grateful for the job because it makes people happy. And, of course, holiday music in particular. People love vocals and holiday music, so you can't go wrong. Now, uh, tell me a little bit about this, uh, this holiday show. Um, do you guys have certain certain things you're going to do, or, or is it basically just all holiday-themed music? Well, it's pretty much that, but we, you know, anything super familiar to you, we try and turn it on its head a little bit. Um, That's cool. You know, we try and update it. It's not just sort of sleepy, standing around stuff. I mean, I'm the drummer, so... Anytime you throw drums on some of those holiday songs, you know something's going to change. <laughs> uh, but we, we do everything from, you know, uh, Angels We Have Heard on High to uh, the theme from The Grinch uh, sung by our bass singer. You know, all kinds of fun things like that. Some things are turned into up-tempo that are slow, and some things are slow that are staying that way. And you'll hear a lot of songs you, you know and love. You'll also hear a few holiday originals. Uh, we've had three holiday albums in America, and so we have a lot of material to pull from, and we're really looking forward to uh, getting out there because it really is our favorite season of touring. Now, going on the road and uh, and and performing, like for instance, you're going to be in Hutchinson, Kansas at the Fox Theater, um, what, what's, what's a, since you guys are a vocal group, what, what is a warm-up and sound check and everything like? Well, uh, we're fortunate enough to travel with our own sound engineer because nobody seems to get acapella amplification right. <laughs> you know, you don't want something obnoxious and you don't want something too quiet because it's not classical music we're talking about. It's essentially, yeah. you know, pop, pop rock and something else. 
And so uh, sound check is mostly kind of getting to know what it sounds like on stage because every moment of the show we're interacting with each other. There's no instruments to fall back on. You have to basically create the sound and perform the sound at the same time. You can't rely on the guitar to sound great every time. You have to make the actual sound. So there's a lot of listening that goes on and the sound is really important and we don't want anybody in the audience to uh, get a bad experience from that. So it's nice and full and rich and uh, we are, you know, kind of like a Swiss watch after all these uh, after all these years. So we don't do a lot of rehearsing on stage before the show. We're ready to go, and we we like to keep it spontaneous. Uh, I like to say that uh, people say, you know, you're really comfortable on stage, and what happens is we kind of make the stage our own living room. We just happen to be facing out towards you, so that keeps everybody very comfortable during the show, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, we'll also probably pull one or two people up on stage as well. That's cool. That's cool. Now, um, with you guys do a holiday show. What, what are some of the other uh, themed shows that you guys do throughout the year? Uh, we've been touring on a, a Motown show, um, you know, updating Motown hits. Uh, we call it Motown and More, which is named after our most recent uh, album. And it is exactly that. It's Motown plus a few originals and a couple other songs that uh, aren't Motown. And uh, that kind of rhythm has always lent itself really easily to the sound of Rockapella. So uh, I'm sure that translates into some of the holiday music as well. Uh, next year we're actually working on uh, what we'll call the Hits show, Hits Through the Decades. But for now, it's all Christmas. That's awesome. Now, uh, with with Rockapella being on tour, you guys, uh, how, how often do you, uh, how many shows do you do with the Christmas show? Uh, this year, I, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about 15 shows. Oh, wow. And, oh, yeah, it's a busy, no, it's a busy month. Yeah, that with is, the, that yeah, is, you start, man. You try, and book a, you try and book every Saturday, and then you build out from there. So a couple weekends are actually five days long for me. Wow! So, but you get to see you get to see America. That's all that matters. That's cool. That's cool. Now, um, what, what's what's the kind of warm up that you guys have to do? You, you mentioned the sound engineer, but what, what's the kind of a like a a vocal warm up that you guys have to do? Because there there's no instruments. You guys are the instruments. Well, it's interesting when you have a five man acapella group, um, and they know what they're doing, which I, I would say we do. Uh, you are kind of responsible for your own stuff. You have to show up ready to go. The warming up usually happens in the hotel room or the car, and then yeah. you have to show up ready to play because everybody else is counting on everything that comes out of your body to create that sound at the very moment you hit the stage. So when we get there for sound check, we are, you know, the, vo the voices are oiled up, everybody's had proper sleep. There's no, you know, drinking or anything like that. You can't live that way if you're going to rely on your voice. So uh, it's uh, it's coming to the game ready to play. Well, that that sounds awesome. I cannot wait to see you guys live. I think a Christmas show with Rockapella is fantastic. So uh, that is great. Um, before we let you, let you go, how do we find you on the Internet? How do we communicate with you? Yeah, well, we're all over iTunes, if you do that. We're also on the other uh, streaming services for the music. But uh, we're basically at rockapella.com, R-O-C-K-E-A-P-E-L-L-A, rockapella.com. 
And we've got videos on YouTube, and we've got uh, all the other tour dates and uh, on the website and so forth. So the usual online presence. We're also on Facebook. Um, if you go to facebook.com slash rockapella. Looking forward to seeing you guys. That's awesome. Well, I will uh, we'll definitely be there. We're, gonna, we're trying to arrange a uh, TV interview with you guys right now, so hopefully we can get that worked out when you guys get here. Oh, awesome. And uh, looking forward to seeing you at the Fox Theater here in Hutchinson, Kansas. Um, We'll have more information on that as we go along. And uh, thanks for being with us today, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, it's my pleasure. Have yourself you a good you day, man. Like a tr- Thank you. You sound like a true fan. I hope to meet you. Yes, I hope I, I, hope I can be there. If we, if we can get this uh, TV interview thing worked out, we will definitely be in the house. So uh, so, so thank, thanks for being on today, man. Uh, my pleasure. Have, have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you later. Definitely. Thanks, man. Rockapella with us today here on the program, Coast to Coast.